0: Chris, I'm so I'm so Coach. tired. I'm so tired.
1: I you? Oh, yeah, I I feel that. Google <laughs> Google
0: Classroom this? moves the goalposts on me every time. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's been, you know, kind of unpredictable. It, it's uh, it's silly
0: how it's silly how tired I am and really and truly the last two weeks I've done nothing but scream into a computer. And that's not me being mad at the computer. That's me teaching. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. I'm exhausted if they decide sometime this school year that we can go back in person, I'm all for it. I'll, I'll wear the mask. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap myself in, in tinfoil, whatever I got to do. Um, I'll be okay with it. So, <clears throat> but that's just me. Well uh we need to remember this. Everybody you know, a lot of teachers I see on social media are not happy with the current situation and everything. And I get that we have to remember that we were demanding this. We were we all summer long we were saying we don't need to be back in the classroom. Well now that we're not back in the classroom, we're in a very we're having to teach in a very complicate, uh, complicated, overly complicated way, and it's um, uh, it's it, it, I'm not seeing any commission for me showing kids how to use Google Classroom. Let's just say that. Um, but we got to remember we have jobs, and there's a lot of people whose careers and jobs did not survive here in 2020. So, and a lot of our kids are being impacted by that. So, any teachers that are listening tonight, let's um, uh let's remember that we still have our jobs and it's up to us to make sure those kids whose families did lose their jobs. It's up to us to be there for them, whether it's in person or through the computer screen yelling into it.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, is there any difference with Microsoft
0: teams? And it's not the same. You, you have a harder same. time seeing all your kids. Um, you have a hard But anybody. Uh, well, like okay. Joined, Microsoft right? teams does have like a waiting room. And um, and I figure, I finally figured out today how to kick kids out. Now, I didn't have to. I've been pretty fortunate. My kids have been – I'm going to give my students at Central – God, it's still – got to be honest, it still sounds weird saying that. Um, but my kids at Central have been fantastic. I mean, they've been patient with me. Um, just – I've, I've been really fortunate. Knock on wood, as I say that. Um, but I've been lucky. No, um, but great. I haven't uh, – they They log in and they listen to instructions and they're handling business, so that's all we can ask from these kids so um
1: yeah that's
0: awesome um what, what i've got you're teaching classes and with a p human geography um I've got freshmen and sophomores, and uh with a p world it's a p world history it's uh sophomores so um these kids have been great they're ready to learn.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's awesome. I mean it is only yeah, week two, true. but yeah, that's that's
0: true. Really. Good. So uh, how's how's class been at Spalding?
1: You know, pretty well. I mean, I'm not staying up till midnight or anything, yeah. working. So it's you know, right. That, that's good, I guess. Everybody's complying with the mask rules, and you know, small class sizes. And most of class my classes are kind of a hybrid form uh, as well. So. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're trying to prevent just a lot of people on campus are using the right. hybrid format so but yeah, it's going pretty good pretty smooth right now, <laughs> actually again probably yeah December. Yeah. We'll uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh soccer We start soccer practice well, mm-hmm. they
0: started today, if I had class, but I'll be there Friday and Saturday okay. morning. Let's, some I wonder if Boyer would let me come luck. out and watch training one day. I don't know if there, anybody's allowed or not. I'm gonna have to, I might have to shoot him an email.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I could ask him. We we have a few uh, inner squad, you know, red versus black yeah. scrimmages coming up. I'm not sure if there'll be fans allowed at that, but I know he's bringing in like actual okay. college refs.
0: Okay. Well, them, so. oh, yeah. Hopefully, this can be a Blaine platform up. to do some uh, to do some uh, PR for their soccer program over there. So. Um, yeah, I'm all for oh, it. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. Uh, well, uh, hey, have you, uh, set Twitter on fire at all in the last, uh, this week at all or in the last few days?
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't need to, but yeah, let's you know talk about that happen. for a minute.
0: All right. I'm ready. To, I'm <laughs> going to cut a promo. Um, cause you know, quite frankly, I'm tired right now and, um, I don't care. Um, here's the thing that all of us, and this isn't just soccer, it's any team, it's any coach, it's any player, you, Or I shouldn't say, nobody is above being doubted or um, being doubted or uh, called out and being told they're not perfect, okay? And um, I feel like a lot of times when we see players or even coaches. And, I, hey, I've been guilty of this. I have been guilty of this. Success can make you soft. Right? Success can make you soft. And, um, you know, when you uh, reach a certain level of success, when you don't get the respect that you feel like you deserve, and you make a scene about it, number one, to me, that shows some insecurity. Like maybe you still can't believe that you even pulled it off all right, and number two if you're if you can't take if you can't take somebody betting against you on a platform like Twitter, which only about twenty percent of the country uses anyway, nobody realizes that if you can't take that if you can't take somebody doubting you and saying you're not going to win every game, you know what Chris here's the thing here's what I want you to do. I want you to make a prediction tonight that every team in the sixth region is gonna make the regional final. Everybody's gonna play. They're all gonna play once. Okay? <laughs> and the score of every game this year is gonna be five to five. You know. That's what you that's what you need to do okay. in order to satisfy everybody. That way nobody gets nobody gets their feelings, hurt. <laughs> nobody gets caught up in their feelings. That's what you need to do, Chris. You know. Just just be that just be that journalist. Um but if you can't handle that, you can't take that, then you're not going to take a, an elbow in the back. Every time you get disrespected out on the field and it's you're going to turn around and, look and beg and scream at the referee because they didn't see it, they didn't call it. And at that point, you're only a detriment to yourself. Nobody is above criticism, nobody is above being doubted. So, um, you know, and I'm not like. I'm not talking and hey, I'm not calling I love seeing an athletic department stick up for their soccer program for a change. Love it. Um, Doesn't happen enough. Um, Got no problem with that. But this is a lesson that uh, I feel like this is a teachable moment that for every school, every team, every coach, every player, you are not above being criticized. You are not above being told you're, you're not as great as you think you are. So. Yeah. um, Some people need that. Uh, so yeah, Well, I mean, again, I think what happened, what what happens there, Chris, and you're gonna learn this when you're in when you're a journalist one day. You keep making keep making those predictions. The only time I'm gonna get mad at you is if um, is if you stop you stop getting aggressive in your prediction making. You know, you're you're not gonna get them all right, but there are gonna be some that you do get right. You know, and again, you can't you can't predict every score to be five to five. You can't predict every team to make the regional final. That's just not how it works. See what I'm saying? But one yeah. thing I think you'll come across, one thing I think you'll Correct. come across is a lot of, and especially in a lot of the small towns in Kentucky, outside of Louisville especially, um, where there might they might be the only school that's in that town. Well, there's never, of course, everything they do is the greatest thing ever of course their best player is the best player in the state. You see what I'm saying? And then of course when they and then of course when they schedule yeah. tough and then have to go play, you know, or when those programs actually do schedule tough and they go play somewhere and they get beat pretty bad. I'm talking any sport. Um they realize, you know, it 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 hurts a lot worse than it probably should because um uh you know, they're used to being told how great they are. And then when once they get out of their comfort zone, it's like, whoa, hold on, <laughs> we didn't ask for that. So you'll see that a lot. You'll see that a lot,
1: right? I mean, who knows? We might not even have a reason. Uh, well,
0: I don't know. I think we will one way or another. It's just I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know
1: if JCPs will continue that long. I have questions about how long they keep. You know, how long they, how long they're gonna. The important play. thing is they're we'll still playing right now.
0: So. I think fo- football football will be played yeah. next Friday night. I believe so.
1: Uh, yeah, the well JCPs plays. Yeah, KHSa
0: starts right. the 11th next Friday, and uh, okay, JCPS there you go. There go. So, <laughs> all right. Well, we've got we're talking tonight about winning close games, winning in crunch time. All right. So, um, so Chris, why don't you go ahead and uh, why don't you go ahead and fire it up, man? Let's go.
1: Okay. Uh
0: let's see here. So, you know, what
1: what general things do you think teams need to do to win a close game or match? Just say match. It's probably the okay. soccer. Term. I think
0: here's the thing. All right. When it comes to close games, I think high school soccer is at the top of the charts. I really do. If you're a, if you're a soccer fan and you're wanting to watch a close game, I think whether between pro college or high school level and even club, I guess you can throw that in there as a level. Um, I would take the high school game in a heartbeat, a two to one high school game, five minutes to go, you know, just hearing every seeing everybody cheering in the, you know, or everybody getting antsy in the bleachers and everything. And you hear people chanting and everything. It's, it's a great atmosphere and it's great to watch these games. It's great to watch these kids, you know, have a breakaway and just the, just the, the cheering that takes place in that I guess is the best is the best way I can describe it. Um, if you've been to one of these games you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you're a coach mm-hmm. and you find yourself in a close game. I remember doing this in two thousand it was two thousand fifteen against Butler in the in the regional semifinal. I know we brought this game up so many times. But I did do this. I did take a second. It was the the game was tied one to one. This is right after Butler scored. And I think this kept me from maybe overreacting to that. This kept me from panicking. When Butler scored to tie it up, <clears throat> I remember thinking to myself, dude, if this is the last game if this is the last game of the season, it's like you I was like, this is the main event. It's a we're in the fifteenth round of the or coming up on the fifteenth round of this boxing match and it's a one one tie. It's a tie game. This is what you play for. This is what you work so hard for. This is what we strive for, just to be a part of that. And when you're looking at it down the road, whether you win or lose, preferably win. Uh, it's way more preferable to win. But when you, whether you win or lose, you look back and say, man, it was awesome to be a part of that. You feel like you're a part of something at that point in time. And um, so I would encourage coaches to do that first and foremost if you find yourself in a close game. Take a few seconds and remind yourself, man, this is, this is what it's all about. Let's go. So all that being said now on a, from a actual playing point of view or perspective, um, one thing that I feel like, and we'll get to the, this will come up in number two, um, but do what got you to those last 10 minutes. If you got to those last 10 minutes, winning, uh, you know, winning with a one, nothing score or it's tied, do what got you to that point. You might've heard the, the phrase, um, you know, uh, you know, dance with the, uh, go, you know, dance with the girl that you brought or something like, I don't know. I can't remember how it goes. I'm tired, but you know what I mean? Um, if you've been playing aggressively all game, if you've been playing a certain formation, you've been playing a kid in a certain position all game, don't all of a sudden decide, okay, it's time to make a switch five minutes to go. That's number. Okay. If you do, it's ballsy. Good. You know, look at you coach, but um, you're looking at losing credibility if that ends up backfiring on you um so stick with the formation that that you've that got you to that point stick with the lineup that got you to that point stick with the players that got you to that point don't make a keeper change don't stick with what got you there to those last 10 minutes um, you gotta stay aggressive uh, don't take your foot off the gas it gets you beat nine times out of ten doing that and then uh teams got to make good decisions. Teams have to and teams have to um uh keep their cool when a call goes against them. Teams have to um you know all of teams a lot of times will overcomplicate things. They'll do a really good job passing uh or possessing for you know 70 minutes and all of a sudden the last 10 they want to play the long ball. Um that you know that, I don't know how productive that is stick with what got you there to that point. So I guess those are the best things I can say about how, what a team should do to win a close game. Right.
1: Yeah. You know, I've seen that long ball too many times. That just, yeah. yeah, Well, I mean,
0: teams get desperate. I mean, especially on the high kids are high schoolers. Um, Kids are high. You know, the high schoolers are their kids. So um, they're going to panic. Uh, they're going to – when you, and, Chris, when you start to panic, when you start to freak out, you play – you go back to what is safe. You see what I'm saying? And um, a lot of times teams will just – all right, we're going to start kicking it up. Well, against – if you're playing a good team, if you're playing a good defense, that's going to get snuffed out pretty quick. Um, um, exactly. So, all right, what else we got?
1: Okay, so what what are some of the reasons
0: – uh, teams lose uh, let's start with the coaches Um, sometimes coaches overcoach. sometimes coaches feel like they have to make a decision with five minutes to go no you don't if you don't know what to do sometimes it's just best to do nothing you know I shared a picture the other day on Facebook Um, sometimes it's better to just sit back and observe than to react and more coaches need to do that and I'm talking on any level any sport sit back and observe And, you know, let things play out. If you've done if you've done a good job running your program or your team, you know, through the preseason and into the regular season, you should be able to trust your players. Um, But a lot of times teams will stop being aggressive. Um, A coach will this is a mistake we'll talk about on my end. We'll talk about this here in a minute. But a lot of times coaches will say, "Okay, we're going to go and drop some defenders back and make them beat us. Why? You know, keep your attack going. Um, I I remember, um, let's go back to 2018 when we beat PRP in the district final. Um, you know, they had the lead, they were up a man on us and they had the lead, you know, going into the last minute of the game and probably the last five minutes, all the PRP players, except for one, they kept one guy up top were all packed into the box. And that's, you know one thing that coaches don't think about, or it's easy to forget that's all of a sudden more hands to touch the ball inside the box. And that's exactly what happened. And we got the penalty kick and scored, Myrna scored. And then of course we took it to overtime and you know, the rest is history. Um, But team stopped being aggressive PRP up until that point, up until they, you know, dropped everybody back, they were playing an aggressive game and you know, it was, the game was in doubt for us. It really was. And, of course, I told my guys we're going to win this game, and I believed that we could. But, um, uh, I, I, you know, I felt, you know, PRP was, uh, was aggressive up until about the last five or ten minutes. And they, um, you know, all of a sudden you see nine or ten guys, th- nine or ten white jerseys, uh, or I'm sorry, well, yeah, nine or ten white jerseys down in front of their goal the last five minutes. And, you know, to me, when you take the foot off the gas, a lot of bad things can happen. So um, – and then, hey, coaches make this mistake too. They're afraid to sometimes – sometimes an adjustment is needed, and it does take a pair to make those adjustments because you're risking making a parent mad. You're risking your credibility. If it backfires on you, you're going to have some answering to do with the team. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes coaches will – Um, keep a player in the game or in a spot that that isn't working, but they keep them out there out of loyalty. Um, Trust me, you can be, if you're really loyal to your players, coach, you're going to make the decision that's best for the whole team. That's the bottom line. Um, Your success is my success. That's the way, that's the kind of culture you need to have with your group. Um, And you know, Hey, if you've got players on your bench, if you need to make a substitution, but you don't trust any of the players on your bench, um, that's on you. You've had since well, in our case, you've had since July or June to make that to develop that trust, and here it is September or October, and you don't have it. That's a problem, coach, and that's on you. So those are reasons why teams lose close games. A coach can a coach can lose a close game for his kids, or her his or her kids, no doubt about it.
1: Okay, so let's move to the preseason. What what role?
0: Does the preseason play winning those close um, games? Well, um, well you got to keep kids in shape, right? Um, a lot of the close games we won at Fairdale were won in July, in my opinion. Um, you know, I'd, I'd often challenge my guys. We do five minute and I know this isn't fashionable that, you know, you have everybody's supposed to condition now with the ball and everything. Um, but I'd have my guys do five minute sprints at the end of practice, and I would place scenarios in their minds that they were protecting a one nothing lead with five minutes left. What kind of effort are you going to bring to that those last five minutes? That's the kind of effort you need to bring here. Um, uh, yeah, when we do that, or when we do the Hill, I do the same thing. I, so often I tell the kids, and I got this from Coach Renardo Foster at Fairdale, um, uh, former lineman at UofL. I told him, I said, or he t- he told me one time, he said, I've told our kids plenty of times, if we work hard enough, don't be surprised if we're up by a score or down by a score. We can also be down by a score. Don't be surprised by either – don't allow yourself to be surprised by either scenario. And he's 110% correct. And that's why a lot of times, because I told my kids that, a lot of times that's why um, we never really panicked when we were in close games or why we never really panicked when we were down. Um, But preseason is for team building and developing that trust – um, when you can call on a kid to, and here and here's what a lot of people don't realize as well, it's not so much that the coach trusts the kid on the bench, right? In the last five minutes, let's say you got five minutes to go in the game, you've got a freshman that's pretty good, pretty decent. He hadn't played all game, or she hadn't played all game, um, but she's got some speed. She can beat that fullback, right? Um, put those fresh legs in the game. Putting those fresh legs in the game isn't a problem for you, coach. You trust the kid. But, but do the other ten kids on the field, when they see that that teammate of theirs coming in, are they going to groan, and lose confidence and shake their head at you, or? All
1: right, I it was really weird. I just cut out. That's okay.
0: So part two it is, okay. I guess, right?
1: Yeah. Sorry about that. That's what the hell happened. All right. Okay. So you were you're talking about uh, what preseason? Yeah. You know, how that helps. So if you just want to continue with that.
0: Yeah. So preseason is for team building and developing trust. Um, again, you send sending in that player that's that hadn't played all game in the last five minutes, but he or she's got some speed, and they can beat that outside fullback who's been in trouble all night. You got to – you know, it, it's one thing for you to trust that player, but do the teammates do, – do? does that kid's teammates – do the other 10 players on the field, are they going to groan, roll their eyes at you, and shake their head at you by sending that kid in? Or are they going to clap and say, oh, heck yeah, so and so's coming in. Go, go get us a goal and let's go home. Um, that's what you got to have. That's, why, that's what the preseason is for. You develop that trust, um, you develop resilience. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bad calls are going to happen in the last 10 minutes. You know, um, You might be tied one to one, and then the other team gets a penalty kick. Five minutes to go, and they take the lead you've got to have resilience and turn around and play hard that last five minutes and try and get that goal back. Um, You know, if you don't, if you don't maximize your preseason, um, you know, number one, you're not going to be in shape for your games. And then number two, because you're not in shape, you're not going to have the middle, you're not going to have, you know, an advantage in the middle side of the game in 2019 against, um, against Scott high school. We were playing them in the bluegrass games, right? And uh, they got out to a one nothing lead on us. We didn't come out very we didn't come out ready to play, and they came out and, and we were also experimenting with a with a very 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 green goalie. Um, so he <laughs> he did the best he could. We'll just say that. But um, uh, so we found ourselves down one nothing, and then uh, you know I.D. Ekic was the hero of that day. He had uh, he had two goals in this game, and he had scored first, but then. Um, about two min two and a half minutes to go, a Scott player. The first thing to go is always the mind, right? A Scott player, um uh didn't like a call that wasn't made, I believe, and he turned around and cussed out the referee. You know. Two and a half minutes to go in the game. So he gets a red card and he's sent out, and now you know, Scott has a disadvantage. Well, that yeah, that guy was a really strong midfielder. He had he had bothered us all game and then you know, a little over a minute left, we got a break we uh had a counterattack and uh Ideen had a breakaway, got tripped up in the box. I gave I let him went ahead and let him take the PK, he drilled it, and we go home with a win. Um Scott could have used that midfielder uh on that counterattack and he wasn't there. So um teams lose their mind in the last ten minutes and uh, they make mistakes and um you know at Fairdale we were able to capitalize on those. So um against PRP in two thousand eighteen uh, i think we're going to talk about this next week um uh we're going to try and have Bay on to talk about it but we beat them at the buzzer pretty much 13 seconds to go in the game in double overtime um same year we beat them in the district t- tournament on a header as well um but 13 seconds to go um you know the ball rolls out for a throw a deep throw in and I, I remember, you know, everybody, usually a lot of people just let the clock run out and let's go to overtime or let's go to the shootout. And I think PRP had honestly done that. Well, to me, that's a sign that you're tired when you say, oh, let's, you know, let's ride it out. Well, you know, Yovani, I believe it was when um, went ahead, hurried up, and picked up the ball and made the throw win. And uh Kwebe was on the opposite side of the goal and headed it, headed it into the back post for the win. Um, and we've seen that video a million times, but. That's what the preseason's for. where you tell your kids, "Do not let the you know, hey, you know, I don't care if there's five seconds to go, finish the game, finish the game." Um, and um, you know, PRP played play, PRP played a really great game. Both those games, they played a really great, strong game. I just feel like there were mistakes made at the end, and we might have been the more resilient team there at the end. So, right, you develop resilience. You, know, like- you develop resilience in in, in the preseason.
1: Exactly. You know, what you said, those those 10 minutes are very crucial.
0: Absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, you got to, I mean, have yourself in position to win in those last 10 minutes, Um, you know, kind of go, go back to question one for a minute. Um, uh, Don't give up late goals in the first half. And, you know, that all of a sudden that's a one, nothing win for you and not a one, one tie or a two to one loss. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean,
1: I think you should always try to get to at least one nothing by halftime.
0: Oh yeah, you got to come if, out. If of,
1: yeah, if we're not at one nothing, then there, there's an issue.
0: Well, I mean, soccer. You know, it's soccer. I mean, a lot of teams think it's, you know, a lot of teams think a nothing, a zero zero draw, is real soccer, and it's hard to argue that because that means the ball's been moved around a lot. It's been a lot of possession, but at the same time we 've got to teach our kids you know to find opportunities to attack um, and that's again I, I've used this I, I've talked about this before one of our biggest problems in America is that soccer is overproduced it's you know we we believe every player has to fit a certain mold uh, every player has to be you know we're trying to train a, a bunch of robots or or if you're a Star Wars nerd stormtroopers out there that isn't it you know, let the kids be creative, let them be unique and go win games for you. Marinus Alagic, Kwebe Malala had, you know, had game winners, multiple game winners between the two of them because we allowed them to be unique. We allowed them to be themselves. You know, Kwebe was our defensive mid in that PRP game. And he runs up, you know, on the attack to get a header and nobody marked him because nobody expected him to come up. And we won the game, Marinus. You know, you know, I, I gave Marinus the green light to attack the goal once he was inside the eighteen. That you know, that won the game for us against Collins last year. It Won the game against PRP in the district final the year before that. You got to let kids be unique, um, and that's another way you win close games because players play. Players totally. win the games. Yeah.
1: Okay. So what what's one decision that you've made in crunch time that you feel is a difference? <laughs> A and difference,
0: a difference maker. You're not gonna make me. You're not gonna put my feet to the fire about the. Uh, you're not gonna put my feet to the fire about some of the mistakes I've made.
1: <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, mean, I guess. Oh, I I totally skipped over that. Okay, yeah, let's see that. Biggest mistake he's <laughs> oh. <laughs> made.
0: Gosh, I'm tired I didn't even see yeah, that. That's okay, man. Um, yeah, we're both worn out. Um, the biggest mistake you feel you have made in coaching a close game. Um, 2006. Me and my me and my friend Michael, he was my assistant coach that year. We still talk about this to this day. Um when I was at Warren East, my last year at Warren East, and we're playing Warren Central in the district tournament. Central's a huge favorite. We're a heavy underdog. And but we found ourselves up two to one on the verge of a historic upset in that area. And we had done it by we played a three five two and I instructed my midfielders to be as physical to be as aggressive against Warren central as cause you know, they were known for being physical too, kind of like an Iroquois or, you know, the Warren central I've, I've said for years, Warren central is if there's one team out in the state that would fit in with the sixth region, it is Warren central for sure. And, um, big, fast, physical, right. But also pretty skilled. So I told my guys, I said, Hey, we're going to be as physical as we can with them. Uh, we'll take as many yellows as we can over it. Um, let's, uh, Let's get the forearms out there. Let's uh, let's punish them a little bit, and um, and it worked. Bullies don't like to be bullied, and when we do that, as soon as we would win the balls in the midfield, we play it out wide. And Tyler Gee, uh, outside left mid, tall, skinny, left-handed uh, guy, um, left-footed guy. He took the. I mean, they couldn't stop him, and he would get across the. Uh, you know, he turned the corner on the fullback and he played crosses in front of the goal all night. It drove them crazy. They couldn't stop it. Right. And we scored two goals in the second half because of that. We were only down one, nothing at halftime. Um, So we get up two to one, right, Chris. And, I mean, the place is going bananas. I mean, it' nuts. I mean, everybody's just like, oh, my God, this is happening. This is really happening. We're a year removed from a winless season, and here we are looking at beating a top 25 team in the state in the district tournament. And I got with my assistant coach because, you know, I was just 22 at the time, and so I felt like I had to make a move. You know? Um, are you a chess player? Not really, no. Okay, I'm not either. <laughs> I get the feeling, though, sometimes you don't always have to make a move. It's more like poker, right? You don't have to play. You don't have to play every hand. Sometimes you could, you know, tap the fingers on the table and say, "I am checking." Right? That's what I should have done. Right? But I got with my assistant coaches. You know, we all, we kind of we had this little cute little huddle, me and the other three guys, and asked them, said, "Okay, hey, what do we need to do? What do y'all think about? What do y'all think about dropping a guy back? What do y'all think about dropping a midfielder back on defense, and making him beat us?" And there's still 18 minutes to go in the game, or right around 20 20 minutes to go in the game, right? And they all said, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Drop them back. Make them beat us. Well, Chris, the problem with that was that opened up the midfield a little bit more, and Warren Central all of a sudden had two less forearms in their back, and they were able to get control of the ball and actually get a grasp on things. And um, they tied it up not too long after that. We went to overtime, and they beat us in overtime 3-2. And, um, yeah, I know. I mean, you know, so years later I asked another coach who was pretty decorated. I was at a NSCAA. That's how old I am. I went to an NSCAA coaching clinic. Um, I think this was in Tennessee, uh, down in Knox, down close to Knoxville. And I asked a guy named Pete Gill, um, who was presenting that night and asked him, I said, I gave him that scenario. And he said, I made the move too early. He said, so you gotta so I guess as a coach, you gotta know when to make that move. You know? And he said, I made the move too early. And I'd made mine at the twenty minute mark and he told me if I'd done it with less than ten to go, we might have held on for the win. And um but it still drives me crazy. Um I mean you wanna oh, talk sure. about you wanna talk about a win that could have changed the complexion of a kid's high school career. I mean, those boys. Um those boys fought tooth and nail that night, and that would have cha- 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 completely changed the complexion of that program. And uh, really and truly it would, have been, it would have been big for my coaching career too. I would have liked to have had that win.
1: Right. Okay, so let's go back to the other question. Uh, what's one decision that you've made and you feel like was the difference in mm-hmm. the team? In a-
0: <clears throat> well, 2009, uh, we're playing the first round of districts down at Franklin Simpson. Right. This was the end of year two and year two was uh, was about as bad as you could. Well, at that at that point in time, I thought it was about as bad as I could have asked for. Right. Franklin had never lost in the district tournament up to that point. Right. And we're in overtime against Russellville, you know, and they're they're usually a doormat in the district and in that area down in the state. Um, but they had a kid that night who was just playing out of his mind. Their defense was playing well. They had a kid who was playing the defensive mid spot. He was about six, eight. He had to be about six, eight. I mean, and he was good. I mean, well, I mean, I don't know if he was, he'd play for me. I know that, um, I mean, just his effort. And uh, well, and the reality of it is against, against our guys, if you just brought any kind of effort, you had a chance at winning because they didn't, (laughs) um, but, um, we're in overtime against these guys, and they've got a fullback. My outside right mid is a, is a smaller guy. He's probably about my height, um, short legs, uh, bust his butt. I mean, the, the, the kid is, um, you know, top fundraiser every year. He's, he's just – he's a captain. And so this is where you have to make a ballsy decision as a coach. And keep in mind, I'm staring – if we lose this game, there's a chance. I would have been fired a year earlier from Franklin than I was right which at that time didn't really sound like a bad idea anyway um but uh, sad but it had me relaxed you know the idea oh, if, I, if we lose i get fired not the end of the world and um um so what i did though is i went ahead and made that move i pulled that kid out of that position and i dropped him back to the back line and i took one of our strikers right and uh this kid was our fastest kid on the team I took one of our strikers and put him in that spot and that fullback on that side, who was, he was a big bulky farm boy, um, that just, you know, uh, uh, the first kid couldn't get by because just, his legs were too short. Um, so I stuck this other kid who had some speed, had a lot of speed and quickness and Chris, I think it was within two minutes within two minutes, he turned the corner on that kid and, and beat him and, uh, played the ball. Played the ball out in front of the goal, and our attacking mid stepped through and buried a shot to win the game. Wow! (laughs) So, um, and we won the district tournament two nights later. So they couldn't fire me. Dang it! (laughs) I had to stay another year.
1: (laughs) They actually fire coaches for losing like that? Oh my gosh!
0: Yes. I mean, I mean, it does that on the
1: high school level. I mean, I know it's common pro soccer, but well,
0: context is king right? Um, the season, the experiment, uh, or I should maybe even the marriage of Jay Gravatt and Franklin Simpson was, uh, was a very dysfunctional one at that point in time. So, so if I'm an athletic director, if I'm an athletic director and you know, this guy's just this coach, this guy or this girl has just lost their first, you know, just lost the program's first district championship and, or first district tournament game and things aren't going well anyway. It's, it's, it's it's not crazy to sit sit them down and say, hey, we're gonna put you out of your misery. We're gonna let you go, and and that's what they would have been doing with me. And then they, it it didn't happen for another eighteen months. But um, you know, I I wouldn't have been upset if they brought me in and said, hey, we're gonna we're gonna let you go after you know it just it just right. not it's just not working out. Um, and that was easy to see. But um, that was a decision. And that and let me say this: after that game was over, um, the young man that I moved who could be a little hot headed. Um, he's in, he was impossible to be around. He probably still is this way. I feel bad to whoever's married to him. Um, you know, he, uh, he had no problem letting you know how wrong you were when you were wrong. Right. And after the game was over, he came up and shook my hand and said, I hated it, coach but that was the right move. And I was like, yep. So that decision, that decision kept me employed for another year. <laughs> So, and kept our season alive. So, um, that's, hey, That those are the kind of decisions, you know, it, I mean, those are the kind of decisions that coaches have to make. They have to, um, you know, one decision can end the season or it could keep it going.
1: Right. So, what's what's been the biggest heartbreaker or disappointment throughout the years?
0: Uh, I got to say, I got to say 2012 against Fern Creek in the regional final, a 1 nothing loss. You know, the real, reality of it is to this day, I still don't know what I could have done differently. Um, we had plenty of opportunities to score. We had plenty of possession. And um, Fern Creek was just, that was, again, that was the beginning of their dynasty, and it had clicked for them. And um, I guess, you know, they'd scored at the end of the half. Um, that was, the game winner came at the end of the first half, um, and it was just a simple turn and shoot, and it chipped our goalie, it chipped Ben, and went into the back post. Um and, uh, so we went into halftime down one, nothing. Um, you know, I just, I don't know what I could have done differently. Um, maybe one thing I've been guilty of in the three regional final losses is not, you know, all of a sudden, and I know I've been guilty of it. It's not a maybe is playing more people all of a sudden. And when we get to the regional final, I want to only have three or four kids come off the bench and not the eight or nine that I have sitting there. And I'd made up my mind. This past year, in 2019, it, Chris, if we had reached the regional final in 2019, whether it was against Butler or whoever, um, I was gonna, I'd was i made up my mind that I was going to go for broke and just, and just uh, be aggressive, more aggressive with my subbing and see if that uh, played a role, um, see if that would yeah. make a difference.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't notice in 2018. I don't think you did a lot of subbing in that game.
0: No, I didn't. I, I, did, I really didn't. I think we might have had four guys come off the bench, and that just wasn't enough. Um, and I don't know if it would have been enough anyway. Um, but it, it could have made some kind of difference. Yeah, so, you,
1: you know, I think of that game a lot. We really got lucky to, just to score those two extra goals because, you know, I thought it
0: was going to be 1-0. Um, well, the, the, fir- the, the first goal was the luckiest one, and one of these days we'll talk more about that. I felt like the first goal was the luckiest one. The two at the end were just you all finishing. Um, and I said, that, I said that whole year. I mean, again, you want to be known as a team that can finish. And I said that for that season, there was only one team that finished better than we did, and it was Butler. Um, But, you know, in 2012, that was our year to win the region. And um, I guess the only thing I could have done differently, and this would have been something I I preached throughout the season, is teaching my team, hey, don't give up goals at the end of the half, whatever you got to do. So, um, yeah. You know know what's pretty interesting about that
1: Fern Creek game? Four players – Total from, well, two from Fairdale and two from Fern Creek. They're all, you know, head coaches of that uh, of a school now in the sixth region. I think it's pretty crazy.
0: Who you got? <laughs> uh, we got Nolan and, uh, and uh, uh, Jacob. Oh,
1: Jacob and, mm-hmm. uh, Dale Hillard are coaching at Southern.
0: Oh, oh so, Cornell's coaching over so, yeah, there. Nolan wow.
1: The assistant coach and Jacob's wow. the head. Yeah. And then Fairdale, Caleb, and Noah. So, this that's is pretty true. Wild, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is wild. I guess,
1: I guess it just shows how well you did with those guys and how well Pedro did with his guys. I mean, look at them now. They
0: they got their own program. Yeah, it's just pretty yeah. amazing, really. It is. Um, it is. I, I just – God, that was our year to win it, you know. So, we helped, we helped Front Creek get uh, get their start, I guess. I guess I could – I guess we could take some kind of credit for that, maybe. <laughs> 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 I've got to find something to take credit for. <laughs> okay. So
1: uh- – Okay, how do you not have too many close games throughout
0: the season? Well, I mean, I don't know. Um I mean, you definitely want to have some some blowouts. You definitely want to have some games where you can get all your players in and get some time and everything. But you learn a lot from the close I mean, check this out. You learn a lot from the close games. I can remember when I was in high school, I started saying this uh to my teammates, you know, assuming they would listen to me you know, Chris my sophomore year we were terrible. And I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um we were but we were playing Marshall County. They were ended up being like state runner up that year, right? And we were playing them in a really tough first game and we were up one nothing on them and we ended up losing 2 to 1. Um you know, we just we I don't know how much we really believed we could beat them. But we ended up losing 2 to 1 and and God, that game drove me crazy. I was like, God, we almost had him. We almost freaking had him. And then a couple of years later, we're playing Murray, and Murray was the defending regional champ that year. And uh, you know, we fi- we actually were looking at having a-, a winning season that season. And it was an early season game. I think it was like the second game of the season. And uh, we were up one nothing somewhere in the second half, and it's getting to be crunch time. And I ran over to my teammate, Brian. He played striker with me. Uh, I ran over to my teammate, Brian. I said, hey. Um, I got in his ear and I said, hey, this is this is the Marshall County game from two years ago. And he's like, what? And as only he could do. As only he could respond. Uh, he's like, what? And I said, I was like, this is the, the same game as two years ago against Marshall County. Remember the one we lost? Two to one? He's like, yeah. I said, this is the same game. Think about what you would have done differently. And... um we ended up winning two nothing against Murray, the defending region champ. So you learn from the close games. So I had no problem with a lot. I mean, yeah, does it is it physically taxing to play all these close games? Probably, um, but I guess the only way around it is to schedule a bunch of mismatches. And you know, we've got we've got a lot of guys in the state that got no problem doing that. Um, <laughs> um you know, I think uh, I think you gotta I think you finish early. Um, stick with the game plan against inferior opponents. Do what you do well. Don't, if you're a possessive team, why start playing the long ball early when you're playing an inferior opponent? You know, that's the whole, you know, we smell you know, sharks in the water type, you know, uh, analogy. Do what you do well. Um, uh, bring the effort to every game, regardless of opponent and here in, here in Louisville. I don't care if you're playing Sandex X or you're playing Valley. The effort needs to be consistent. It needs to be the same. So, okay. um, so I guess that's how you not play so many close games. I mean, um, but me, I'm going to point this out to Chris, you know, a lot of us, we fall into this trap and this is any sport where we see these teams just blowing people out just constantly. Right. Um, and if I'm betting on a championship game and I got two choices, I got the underdog or the favorite, the favorite hasn't lost a game has blown everybody out, and then I got the underdog who's won so many close games. Um, I think I'm going to put my money on the underdog that, that's been in some close games. I need that team. Yeah. That's fa- I, I, I got to go with that team that has faced some kind of adversity.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like with the derby. You got to go with a horse maybe that's gone through some stuff or I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to make comparisons. <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha.
0: you. Yeah. I forgot. Didn't even realize it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't seem like it, but yeah, Derby's this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Happy Derby. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: So what are just a few games you thought would be close, but
0: it was not? Well, I'll be honest. Uh, We talked about this game a few weeks ago, Uh, Butler in 2012. I thought would be a lot closer. And we we ended up winning five zip. Um, We went down to Muhlenberg County for their tournament in 2012. Um, I fully expected Muhlenberg to be way more competitive than they were. And um, uh, we beat them four zip. And really and truly, Chris, it wasn't that close. If we could just freaking finish, if we had kids on that team that were willing to use their left foot, I think we would have won. I think that could have easily – that could have been a 10-0 game if we played our A game. Um, in 2013, we played Franklin Simpson. I fully expected that to be a one nothing game, a 1-1 tie, and you know, we won 2-0. Now, while you can say – Two nothing is a close score in soccer. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you're in pretty firm control with a two nothing lead. Um, yeah. It is the most. It is the most dangerous score in soccer. But um, they didn't see many. They didn't have many chances to score. They didn't see many opportunities in that game. So that was awesome. Um, 2015, we're playing Seneca in the opener, and I preached and preached and preached all July long. I was like, "Hey, Seneca's going to bring it. You guys better be ready. They're going to bring it." You know. I mean, I've, I've had every read Seneca. They've always got play. They've always got players. How many college? How many kids they have on their team last year that are playing college ball now? What four? Yeah, I believe there's about four or five at Spalding. Yeah. So, and Chris, we came out and beat them nine nothing. We scored within. We scored on a header in the first minute. Um, Fern Creek in 2015 on the opposite side of the scoreboard. Uh, that regional final against Fern Creek, I thought, hey, we're gonna. It's gonna be a. I was like, if I remember thinking, if we lose, it's going to be like one nothing. If we win, it's going to be like we're going to come from behind to win like two to one or something like that. And Front Creek, Cornell, <laughs> Cornell and Jacob, uh, you know, they they were pretty dominant and they beat us two to or four to one. Um, so we did have the score down to two to one at one point, and then they just they brought the boom on us. In uh, 2018, my first year back, uh, we went over to Christian Academy. I thought, I thought that would be a close game because cows usually got some skilled uh, players and everything. I thought, well, this this could be a three-two game, and we ended up winning ten zip. Um, we really, and we, you know, you don't a lot of times, um, a lot of times coaches think that you can't get better in a ten-nothing game in a blowout game like that. You absolutely can, and I felt like we got better that night. Um, in 2018, the Blue King Bluegrass Cup, we played Bardstown. Um, our offense started clicking for us that day. Uh we won five to one. Uh, uh last year in the King of Bluegrass Cup against Greenwood. Uh wrong side of the scoreboard. I uh, thought that was gonna be a two one game. I thought that was gonna come down to the wire and we <laughs> three lost three zero, there. right? Three zero. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. It was disappointing. Um the effort was the effort was not good that day. I was I was not happy with our team. I wasn't happy with the whole tournament that day. <laughs> so. I could tell. There's, there was <laughs> something right with you. Uh, I, hey, the uh, I was ready for everybody to go home after the first game. I was like, let's just call it. Yeah, All no. good. Here, here's the trophy. Green Almost one
1: hundred degrees. And... Yeah, it was hot. You know, I didn't. I don't think. I, I
0: don't think I had a pleasant nice. conversation with anybody that day.
1: That seems like it, that seems like yesterday, but it's been yeah. a year. That, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. Now you saw where they uh, no one uh, had to cancel the uh, this year's, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: that sucks. So. Yeah, it's a
0: bummer. So hopefully they get it back going because I, I really do believe we got to a point where it was the best tournament. World. Um, and then you had last year in the PRP in the district final against PRP thought once again, I was like, okay, this is probably we had the shootout lineups ready to go. Um, uh, we had game plans for the overtime and, um, in the second half, now we were tied nothing, nothing at halftime. Uh, but the second half of the game wasn't close and we won two to nothing. I think, I think if, uh, we played 20 more minutes after we would have won four nothing. I mean, I, I felt like we won that game going away. So, yeah, those are some of the games that were close, but um, but they weren't. So, so okay. wins and losses.
1: So, here's a good question. This might be kind of a long answer from you, because I know you've, you've kind of experienced mm-hmm. maybe this before, but what do you expect from refs in close games?
0: You know, it's not um, – it, it, I don't think – I think the answer's going to be a little shorter than you think. Um, I think you got to let the players just have the game ref. Um, uh, cream always rises to the top. If you make the right calls early on, you won't have to make ones that decide the game at the end. And that's been one of my biggest pet peeves in sports. Um, I've always thought, okay, make make the uh, make the, uh, the uh, you know, let's be as consistent as we can be. Let's make the um, let's take our butt chewings As a referee, let's take our butt chewings in the first 20 minutes so that we don't have to make, uh, so that we don't, so the players stay disciplined enough not to make stupid decisions in the last 20 minutes. You see what I'm saying? Uh, Give that yellow card out in the first 20. Um, Call that slide tackle from behind in the first 20, and you won't have to do it at the end of the half or at the end of the game. And so many referees, just, there's too many referees that have not figured that out, and it drives me nuts, man. It really does. You know, why are you gonna call that now here in the last ten minutes and you didn't call it in the first ten. Right. You are you are when you do that as a referee, it happens too much. You are officially deciding the game at that point in time. Now some ga- hey, some games are gonna come down to uh you know, or may come down to a certain call. Uh last year we went to Henderson County and um, Henderson scored first. Uh they there was a foul called inside their box. Um um I didn't agree with it, but it was early in the game, and Henderson scored. Henderson scored to go up one nothing early in the game, and then of course we tied it up there at the beginning of the second half. And um, you know, I don't have as big a problem with that call. I mean, even though I didn't agree with it, I would have much rather that call been made in the first ten, first twenty minutes than the last twenty. See what I'm saying? And we didn't have any more issues. We didn't. I mean, we didn't have any more issues for the rest of the game. So. Make the you know take your butt chew-ins, Make the calls that are going to make people mad in the first twenty minutes, and then you won't have to make them in the last twenty. You know, and then at that point you can let the players play. Let the players decide the game.
1: For sure. So well, all right. That, that's all I've had for this. If you want to get in some score predictions for Week One, well, nice let's, coming up. All right, again.
0: all right. Let's make let's make everybody mad.
1: Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm sure we will. All right. All right, you go first. Okay, we got Butler and Iroquois district game, September 14th at Butler, I believe, 5 o'clock. This one's tough because uh, if Butler goes out and controls the ball and plays well, they can easily win 3-1. But, mm-hmm. you know, if they don't, if they let Iroquois get it and let them push the ball up, it might be a little, a little bit closer. So I want to say Butler 3-1. But, but it could easily be 1-1 as well.
0: I think both teams – Uh, Because of everything that's been going on, Butler's replacing a lot. Um, You never can tell with Iroquois. I'm going to go right now. I'm going to go Butler. It's going to be a little bit of a shootout. Um, I got Butler and Iroquois with a 5 5 tie. I'm just kidding. Really? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was going to say,
1: it could happen. It's a district game. It could go to a shootout.
0: No, I've got, um, I think I'll take, uh, I picked Butler 3 2. They're still going to be having to figure some things out and goalkeeping and. Yeah defend, defending wise
1: is my question,
0: and end keeper. keeper yeah. wise. And Iroquois is always good for two goals at least in a game. Um,
1: yeah,. I think.
0: That's true. But, Butler will get to make one more we'll have one more opportunity though then maybe it could be a penalty kick. Um, and that's, that's what ends up being the difference.
1: Right. okay, so let's move on to this one. Not really excited about this game. I might try to make it more at FC at Fern Creek. Um, you mean the regional final? <laughs> it could be I, I'm not kidding I mean it, it's... of course it could be
0: you know again why, why would we why would anybody be surprised by that of course it could be a regional final more both teams have talent um, more is you know they're knocking on the door they're kind of like Fairdale has been in the last few years knocking on the door
1: yeah I mean, I'm glad this game was added because originally it wasn't on the schedule but I believe Pedro did that because he had won Sax as the first game which I don't blame him no, who would want, want to play that? But uh, I don't know. I mean, this one's tough. And like I said, I might try to go. It just depends on the fans and all, all that situation. But I'm going to have to go with maybe a 2-2 draw. Mm. Okay. I, don't, I mean, this one's kind of hard to predict. I
0: got I got Fern Creek going 2-1. to one.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that, that could happen. But I don't know. I think more, like I said, more is going to surprise some people this year.
0: If you notice the trends, more wins a lot of you know they they make a lot of noise early in the season, and then towards the end, um, they have that game in the regional where they just they can't get over the hump. And, yeah, it's a bit like um, that. Um, right now, I, yeah, Front Creek. I mean, um, their their possession is going to be good. Um, it sounds like they're going to have a short bench. Um. But, you know, if you notice the last couple of years more, you know, typically, you know, fades in the second half. Uh, I'm still going to go with Front Creek 2-1. Yeah,
1: that's not fair. It's, no, it's good match up. Any, So, But,
0: yeah, hopefully I'll be able to attend
1: that. Just, we'll have to mm-hmm. see. Okay, this is another good one. I believe it's the same night. Okay, so we got three really good games all in the same night. That's pretty crazy. Holy Cross at Fairdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say – Fairdale one nothing.
0: Okay, I've got Fairdale going two to one.
1: Okay, yeah, I can see that. But the thing is, it's at Fairdale though, so that they won't have the, you know, the tight field, the narrow mm-hmm. field at, at Holy Cross. Yeah. Either way, it's still going to be close. I think that game's always. It's always people... close.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time since there's been a blowout in the game. Yeah,
1: that, that's fair. Alright, uh Mail and Collegiate. I'm not sure where this game was at. I believe it's at Mail. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to say collegiate five nothing.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go collegiate five one.
1: Yeah, I don't know what mail's what mails what is gonna bring, if you know what what kind of team that'll be.
0: So, you know, reality of it is I think mail if they with with their like, you know, they're with the season being delayed, and them having to wait on a new coach. This kind of plays in their favor, so I think we'll see some improvement for Mail this season. But uh, it's not going to be the first game against collegiate. No, definitely not. And going to be interesting as well because
1: you know Elijah's not coming back. Yeah, that's
0: some that is something to watch. I mean, anytime you got a kid on your team that's good enough to make an MLS roster, that's great. However. Um and I'm sure Collegiate is is loaded, regardless with or without uh Elijah. Um, but you're still having to replace him. And so it's gonna be interesting to see how, how well he's replaced. For sure.
1: Okay, this game I've put on here because Henry Clay is ranked number one in the day right now. So Henry Clay and uh West Jesmond, Yep. Okay. I don't I don't know too much about West Jesmond, so I'm just gonna say Henry Clay wins.
0: I'm sure of a score, but I think, I think that's You might probably, know more
1: about that team than me.
0: I'd say that's probably an uh, eight, nine, 10, nothing win.
1: Yeah. I, I figured. So I just wanted to throw that on there just because,
0: you know, they're number yeah. one. The states. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, good stuff. I got a few announcements to make. Um, Step to the ball. Soccer training is going to be, um, we're going to be running a one day, two hour camp on Thanksgiving, Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be a shooting clinic. Um, and I don't have a name for it yet. I'm not sure quite sure the location, but just be on the lookout for details about that. We are gonna also awesome. go we're all gonna go ahead and uh, try and make that happen and give parents uh give parents a chance to get ready for Thanksgiving, uh, with the kids it's, out of the house for a couple hours.
1: It's usually the busiest travel day of the year, so
0: Yeah, I mean <laughs> yeah, well again, days like that are, are a good indicator as to how well your business is doing, especially if you're doing individual training, I've been getting a lot of questions asking me, Hey, when are you going to offer something else? So, um, yeah, uh, come be a part of that. Um, I'll have more details out as we go. I'm excited.
1: Yes. Okay. What's your other thing? Where, where's the book at? Uh, the,
0: The book is still, is in the editing phase. It is, um, uh, been sent to my publishing agent, uh, to, for the final edit. And, um, I know I said between July and August, but I think we can definitely expect to see it before October. So, okay. So you, got um, a, you got a month to hey, live up to that. The book the book is like the, the sports season this fall. Yeah, it you keeps know, on changing, right? It keeps on, keeps changing. Keeps getting we're kicking the can down the road. It'll be here. I think it'll be here by October first for sure.
1: Awesome. Yeah, so no hurry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um Got the Grand Park Cup coming up this weekend up in Indianapolis with my Mockingbird team. I'm um, really excited about that. It's gonna be um, it's gonna be a great uh, great experience for our guys. Well, really, Julie, they've been up there before, so this is I'm the rookie here, so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to going up there and experiencing that with them. I don't know how the uh, they've got the social distancing guidelines in place, so it's gonna be an interesting time. Uh, no benches, you know, nobody's gonna be allowed to linger uh, at the park. It's gonna be uh, play uh, clap for the other team, no handshaking and leave so um, it's going to be an interesting experience but I'm excited for it, I'm, I'm ready, I'm excited to be back on the sideline and um, I feel like I got, a, I got a team that we've got a chance to uh, we've got a real shot at winning this thing so I'm pumped Awesome, so what have we got next week? Next week I think what we're going to do is uh, we're going to have Kwebe Malala uh, you remember quebe at Fairdale? Uh, I do not. African. He was an African kid. He's from Congo. Uh, he's I, Congolese. I've probably and...
1: seen him, I just don't recognize the name. Yeah,
0: you'd, you'd recognize him if you saw him. Uh, we're going to try and get him on, and uh, we're going to definitely talk about that PRP game where he had the game-winning header. Um, but then we also want to – so it'll be kind of a sequel to this week on winning close games and want to get it from a player's perspective. Uh, but also I want to talk to Kwebe about what it's like um, being a – uh, you know being a foreign student in in America and playing Hold soccer it. playing soccer in mostly american communities, so um i'd like I'm anxious to get his perspective so for sure, yeah, I'm looking forward to that yeah quis quibe Kwebe is so smart, and Bay is such a great guy to talk to um and he's you know like nineteen or twenty years old, and you know here i'm thirty six saying he's a great guy to talk to so I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to, I think it'd be a fun conversation. What year did he graduate? 2019.
1: Okay. So he, he, he would have played in 2018 then. Right. He was a senior in 2018. Um,
0: how, made, it, made, it to, he, made it, made it to Campbellsville. Huh. I don't know. Made it to Campbellsville. I don't know if he's going to get the back to play uh, this season or not because of everything that's been going on. So we'll see, but uh, it'll be good to talk with him. So we're going to have him on and, we're, we're going to finally get some uh, some experience from a player's perspective. I'm excited. Yeah, it would be fun. Yep. So let's All see right. what else we got before we go. Let's see what else we got coming up past that. And then we're also going to start advertising for some businesses next week, um, which I'm uh, pretty excited about. Let's see. Winning soccer in the clutch. Next week it's winning in, in adverse conditions. The championship edition. Wow. And then – um, you know, on September should be September 15th. Uh, we're going to be talking about my first win ever as a head coach. And then on September 22nd, Chris, you got a little homework to do. Uh, we're going to do a film review on the movie, the big green, and then we're finishing out September with, um, coaches, pregame play all time pregame playlist. So that should be fun. So we've got a lot of good stuff coming up, um, and uh, let's uh, um, let's just uh, keep doing the best we can with NTI, with college, with how we treat people. Um, let's give a shout out to Chadwick Boseman, passed away last weekend. Great actor, yeah. um, oh, cool. um, really was a, a, really was a hero for his roles. And I know that uh, it might be too strong of a word, but I think he knew how important his roles were, and he chose to give it his all on them despite being sick with cancer. Um, so uh, Wakanda forever. For sure. And, you
1: know, we lost the uh, bullet, Bob Armstrong, in the wrestling world. We lost him last week as well.
0: Did see that. <laughs> did did see that. The Road Dog's daddy. Sad sad day. So, all right, Chris. Well, go ahead and keep making predictions. Five to five score. Remember, every score has got to be five to five, and everybody has yeah. to play in the regional final. So <laughs> um, don't forget. The trophy, right? Get it right. Get it right, Chris. So, all right, man, well, we're out of here and, um, uh, great job tonight. And that is step to the podcast.
1: All right. I'll see ya.